The Modern Black Man Podcast. Welcome to another episode of Modern Black Man Podcast. This week, we're going to have a conversation, a much-needed conversation. Um, we're actually going to have a few people on this conversation, a panel of mental titans. But you already know, that it always begins with the homie. What up, Mo? Man, chilling, bro. Chilling, chilling, man. Just left the gym. Uh-oh. Feeling good. Feeling great. Oh, yeah, definitely, man. Where'd you work today, man? I did chest today, man. I did this little, I did this chest workout that um, Kevin the Hulk Washington be doing. You know what I'm talking about? Nah. Hmm. Look Tell him up, more. bro. Who's this? Man, he's, um, he's actually uh, C.T. Fletcher protege, bro. C.T. Okay. C- C- Fletcher, um... What you call him, man? Discovered him, man. He was, he was homeless when T when CT uh discovered him, bro. And 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 you know what I'm saying? CT got him into bodybuilding. I mean, into lifting weights. And then he just went off into just straight, just strictly bodybuilding, man. I'm talking about, man. This man is he huge, bro. He from well, the Orleans. CT Fletcher, bro. He about two seventy. Yeah, he, he was, you know, CT had um had uh like two or three open heart surgeries, man. I just know he he ain't that tall, but he he that big. He about yeah, he, he man, he was about, he was about almost about two sixty though, man. But he was a a muscular two sixty though. Yeah. Yeah, man. But yeah, man. That's that's what the workout I did today, man. And uh, he pretty dope, bro. I I like I've been following him as far as like on uh YouTube, man, for like the past man, probably like the past seven years, bro. And I get all his videos whenever he uploads something, man. And it should be crucial, man. I can't, yeah, I can't lift the weights he lift. But right. I do what I do, <laughs> bro. You ever hurt yourself? You ever you ever try to lift enough and you feel bro. it? You're like, nah, I ain't, bro. I, ain't like that. I ripped a man, uh, like three years ago, man. I tore, I tore my bicep, man. Yeah, that's 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 real pain. And yeah, man. That leads to the topic we're gonna talk about today. Yes, sir. Um, yes. Mental health. Yes, sir. Uh, sometimes we overtrain or overextend our mental health. Um, I told you I wanted to assemble a panel for this discussion. Um, I actually feel very passionately about this, but anxiety and depression. I just did a training on this not too long ago. It is is a very real thing. Um, and, And overextending yourself is crossing the threshold from something maybe manageable like an anxiety attack and crossing over into something you can't handle like a panic attack. Mm-hmm. Have you ever had either one of those? Man, yes, bro. Man, I had uh, plenty, well, like two, three episodes, man, when I first came back from Afghanistan. 
just yeah. you know what I'm saying, just thinking about stuff that went on over there, man. You know what I'm saying? Going out on all these missions and seeing some of your uh, your battle buddies not, you know what I'm saying? You coming back, but they not coming back. It, it it's crazy, bro. It it was like, and it's any little thing can trigger that anxiety attack, man. Any little thing, but man. that's the and, thing. That's it mm-hmm. with anxiety, is that uh, people don't realize, or we don't always uh, remain cognizant that anxiety is twenty four seven. You have anxiety at, at all times. It's just that there's points where it's more manageable, and yeah. environments uh, that don't have as many triggers. So you're able to, you know, what is it? Uh, uh, eat and enjoy and play or whatever. You could just, you could just be. Uh, without those triggers really sending you off the edge. Um, exactly. Uh, anxiety, when you watch your boys, they come back, bruh, everything's a trigger for them because yep. the, the environments are different now. Their their perspective is different. Uh, and I want to have a conversation about that. So I've got a few um, people on the line. Uh, I'd like to introduce my next co-host who's actually uh, mental health practitioner, uh, a, a young lady um, who I may eventually be proud um, to call family, uh, Miss Marquita Wyrick. Myrick, I'm sorry. <laughs> Thank you for introducing me, Brian. And yeah, I hope I hope that that is the same too. Uh, I've heard a lot of great things about you, and I'm very happy to have been invited to be a guest tonight and excited to dig into this topic. It's a passion of mine too. It's just so real. Um, I was just talking to to Mo about anxiety, something that I just really feel that we undernote about it, being twenty four seven. Have or anxiety? Have I myself had anxiety? Sure. Have you ever had experience oh, with yeah. the anxiety attack, panic attacks? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm, I have a diagnosis of an anxiety disorder myself, you know, part of my, part of becoming a therapist was, you know, my own journey with anxiety and depression in undergrad. So I have Mm. definitely experienced uh, anxiety, depression, and panic attacks. And I agree, anxiety is an everyday thing. And what most people don't understand about anxiety is that it's normal. Yes. When we like if if you know if you're someone's coming out of a club alone, you know, and they didn't come with someone that night, well they need to have some anxiety if that's me across the street. You know, you need to have anxiety. So it serves us yeah in in ways that people don't think about. But people hear anxiety and they think, Oh, I don't want that, I don't want that. No, we need some of it. But it's when it gets out of control and it's um it turns into panic attacks and then when that worry and that fear just increases to the point where it's interfering with daily activities. Now that's when anxiety becomes a problem. I love that you say that. Um, I think you say it much more eloquently than someone like myself. Um, It's normal. I think that's a perfect way to say it. What I try to do is I try to put a little twist on it. I I put a little hip hop on it. And uh, I say that we always have anxiety, but when we turn it into good, we call it excitement. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it is it's, it's a part of being human uh, the, the, the anxiety thing is um, only a problem when you uh, are losing the battle 
Um, just like the five major uh, anxiety uh, disorders. Uh, what is it? O- OCD. You can have general anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, oh my, I'm losing them. Help me out, y'all. This, what, I but, mean, it comes in all so kinds of different forms. Yeah, so it's panic attacks, generalized anxiety disorder, OCD, yep. which is obsessive compulsive disorder, and then mm-hmm. post traumatic stress disorder. Yeah, PTSD, so, man. Mm-hmm. Boy, now, now that's the topic. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Say topic. something about it. Say something about it. You know something. Man, about it. I, I know a lot about that boy because my first deployment, man, was to Iraq, bro. And what year? And, and, uh, 2009. 2009, oh, 2010, man. That was still hot. It was still hot. Yeah, it was still hot over there, man. And I came back home, bro. And man, I'm talking about fireworks. None of that stuff, man. I couldn't be around none of that stuff, man. It would trigger the PTSD, man. And dude, it was it was at one time, man. I wouldn't even come out the house, bro. It man. was so it was bad, man. And wow. and if I did come out the house, I would I would bust out into sweats, man. And because you never because man, we got hit so much with roadside bombs over there. That well, yeah. any it's, boom, any little loud sound, man, it triggered whatever, no matter what it yep. was, man. And I had to get it under control, man. And it took me a while. It took it took a long. It took about three years to get it to where exactly to where I could get it under control. And then that's when the VA diagnosed me with uh, PTSD and uh, and anxiety and anxiety, man. Yeah, yeah, and, the GAD. Right. Yeah, yeah. I let the V the VA diagnose me with it, man. And but I didn't know anything about PTSD. No lie, bro. I I didn't. They don't teach in the schools. That's the problem. <laughs> I didn't have a clue what it was, man. Yeah. But what, what what was your reaction when they first told you? Like, I you know when when you have uh, someone tell you, bro, you act. Man, my first reaction was like, man, quit playing, man. I don't have an idea. I don't have a clue what you're talking about. And I'm like, nah, that's, that can't be it, man. It got to be something else. And then I started reading up on it. I was like, damn, man, I got all of these symptoms, man. Right. I'm talking about every last one of them, bro. It was it was ridiculous, man. It was, ah, my folks, man, my folks were the witness to that, man. And it was like. My, I, I, it was times I didn't even want to be around my kids, bro, and that was kind of wild. Well, you got it's a lot of you know, there's many symptoms uh, of PTSD. So I'm assuming mm-hmm. you were diagnosed, and then you did something about it, didn't you? Mm-hmm. I definitely did something about it. I yeah. had to, right? And I mean, what was the first step? Shit, admitting it. Uh-huh. <laughs> admitting that I did have it. That was definitely the first step, man. And because you know it's hard for us to admit stuff, man. We always want to throw it off and it's like, nah, man, that that's not it, man. Like, nah, bro. Submitting. That's what I had to do, man. And then I went through the steps as far as like going to counseling with different council groups or whatever. And my first group. They put me in there with 
cats from Vietnam. I was like, what the hell? Oh, yeah, you, yeah. That's, that's support, bro. That's support. You learning something for real. I'm, how did you get that resource? That's dope. Bro, that, that's what they did. The VA did that. The VA yeah. put me in there with people from uh from Vietnam, man. And I was like, hold on. I was telling my stories, and then they yeah. started telling their stories. I was like, God damn. Like, you the same. <laughs> I'm looking at myself like, man, my shit is a creep of compared to their shit. Right. Right. But it was crazy, man. It, and I learned a lot, man. And, you know, I kept going through the program, man, or whatever. And then once I, once I got, you know, once I finished the program, I still stuck with the counselor or whatever, man, because I never know. You know what I'm saying? I didn't ever know when I needed to, you know, see the counselor again or not. But I go what to the VA uh, once. I go once a month now, man. Just you know, just to, just to touch up on, just to see you know what I got going on, so they can see what I got going on. You know what I'm saying? So right, and those follow ups are key. Um, yeah, I know you'd be confident after that follow up appointment. Yeah, definitely, man. Definitely, man. You know, late lately it's only been what uh, over the phone because you know they haven't been doing any in person. Nah, it's been over the phone, but it's been helping a lot though. Y'all use like Talkspace or something like that. Yeah, um, we was doing Zoom. We was doing a Zoom call at at one time, and yeah. then we start, then we started doing uh, the Microsoft Teams. But it was it was pretty dope, man. Yeah. And I mean, you know, that old anxiety thing, it's so big, it's so broad. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't think people realize that tapping in is so important because once you do, you are in control. And I think that's like the goal. It's just being in control because when you manage something that big, you have to feel do you feel like empowered? Do you feel confident? Do you feel like what do you feel about that? Yeah, man, I feel I feel empowerment, man. I feel you know what I'm saying that I that I was able to manage it the way that I really needed to, taking the steps that they taught me in the classes, man. You know, is and one thing that's really been helping me though, man, is meditate, bro. Okay, meditate, man. I do it. I wake up every morning at the same time. I wake up about five, five, five thirty before the. Well, I try to get up before the sun come up so that I can, you know, so I can really just concentrate like I want to. Sound like me. Yeah, man. First, you know about that. Man, got to, bro. And 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 that that helps me out a lot, man. And it's like I release whatever, man, and boom, I be feeling, I be straight, and I'm good for the rest of the day, man. Pretty much, I'm good for the rest of the day. So it's meditation, not mindfulness, right? Meditation, man. Okay. Meditation, man. I struggle. I can't, bro. Like, uh, meditation? Because meditation is uh, awareness of nothing, and mindfulness is the awareness of something. Yeah. It's easier for my mind to perseverate uh, than for it to evacuate. I just, Uh, that's why I'm weak at. I'm trying to get better at it, but I, I, I don't know. I, I, I that's a, a weak point for me. I'm trying to get like you. Yeah, true. Hey, Miss Marquita, how, how how do you deal with it? Well, you know what? 
I was listening to you and I'm so impressed. I mean, I'm assuming you're a black man. Is that correct? Yes, yes ma'am. Definitely. Definitely. It warms my heart when I hear black men talking about like acknowledging a mental, a mental illness and actually taking action and not being so resistant to the process of therapy. And you got what you did is you got curious. And, and your curiosity led you to, to believe what you were being told. Like, okay, these are the symptoms of PTSD. You're like, all right, I got this. And then you got some help for it. So awareness is definitely that key to that. And some of what you do is stuff that I do. You know, when I need to do counseling, I do it. It's, it's typically once a quarter for me. You know, it's not, it's not often. It's maintenance work. But I definitely still stay in touch with my counselor. And meditation is something that I've been getting more into since the pandemic started and it took a while to really lean into that and, and Brian I can relate it it can be hard to, to quiet the mind but it, it one thing that you said your name is Mo right yeah Mo yes ma'am yeah, one, yeah. one thing you said that really stood out was that you start your day with meditation and I would say one of the biggest things for people dealing with anxiety is that they don't get out ahead of it they just let it catch them by surprise. Like, oh man, now I'm struggling at work. And, you know, are you, you know, you're, you're trying to do a presentation and you're getting this anxiety when you could have planned for it. And part of the planning process is starting your day with meditation, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, making sure you're practicing skills, you know, reframing skills and those thinking pattern skills throughout the day, whether or not you're having anxiety, when you're in a good mood or you're in a bad one. So really mm-hmm. just training the mind to know what to do is what I'm what I've really been perfecting over the past year. And it's worked out well for anxiety. I still get it because, again, it's normal. We all get it. But I'm so good at catching it now. And when it mm-hmm. happens, I'm like, yeah, this is anxiety. OK, what happened before this? Oh, OK, this is what triggered it. All right. That's let me, true. Let me get on it, you know, instead of just letting it take over. Mm-hmm. All right. What about you, Courtney? No, I'm just listening. <laughs> hey, no, you got to get in. Uh, you <laughs> been called out. <laughs> no, I'm just listening. <laughs> so let me give y'all a little perspective, though, because you know I love the stats. Um, organization based out of Alexandria, Virginia, uh, that goes by Mental Health America has uh, given us some significance to what we're talking about. About 13.4% of the U.S. population identifies as Black or African American. And of those, over 16% reported having a mental illness in the past year. So that's over 7 million people. Again, I'm only throwing this stat out to give you significance to size. That 7 million people is more people than the populations of Chicago, Houston, and Philadelphia combined. I mean, Black and African American uh, mental health uh, is very significant, but like Marquita pointed out, we don't talk about it often, and I don't think that it's a um, it's in the cultural lexicon. We, I, I'm not comfortable talking about this topic with all the homies <laughs> because it's it's just you know it's uh, rather ambiguous uh, and you know and when I say ambiguous I actually mean narrow uh, because few people know why is um, something that is 
absolutely commonplace in all human experiences stigmatized this way in our community. I think our community... Oh, go ahead, Mo. Sorry. Oh, no, no. Go ahead, Mo. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, when I when I think about the stigma in the black community, I think it goes it goes way back. You know, like I think about when I first told my parents I was gonna see a counselor. Oh, my doctor, my white doctor diagnosed me with depression. You know, my right. parents were like, you need to just pray about that. Or we can right. get on knees and pray. And so I think when we think about the our history and our ancestors and what they had to go through, well, opening up to people was not really a good thing. Opening up could get you killed. Opening up could get you lynched or beat. And so when we think about modern day interventions for for depression, anxiety, those are the two common ones, right? So I'm going to just stick with those. But um, a lot of the practitioners are white. And a lot of people of color don't know how to access or where to access. And um, while you were talking, I thought, is it is it that is it that black people that it's really stigmatized or is it that we use a different language to describe it? Because mm. I wrote down like my nerves are bad. I grew up hearing yeah. I know Court's on here, so she probably knows who I'm talking about in the family, but you hear my nerves are bad a lot. And then later on in life I found out, oh, that person's on anxiety medication. So the, the, my nerves are bad equals you probably have an anxiety disorder or I've been down lately, or I've been going through some, God been putting me through some trials. Well, that person is probably describing depression. So I think definitely. that people, we're talking about it, um, and there's definitely been an increase, and those statistics are definitely relevant, so I'm not um, dismissing those. I'm just saying that we have a different way of talking about it as Black people, and until we come together and say, you know what, we're going to take the shame down and put the stigma aside and just have some candid discussions about or having more black people. practitioners. Yeah, or increase our black practitioners and access to them. Yeah. Right. That, that would be that would be dope, man. That's what we really need, man. We need our own people talking to us, man. Because most yeah. of the time, most of the time your own people are the ones that already that already know exactly what you're going through, man. And I look at a, I yeah, speak your language. I look at a lot of people, man. You know, I don't have nothing against black people marrying white people, but I'm like this, man. Ain't no can't no other person know what I'm going through other than a black woman, cause she already know what the deal is. Right. She gonna under, she gonna automatically understand where I'm coming from when certain situations arise that happen to me. I'm like, nah, you you know, you might be able to understand it. But she really gonna be able to understand it. You know what I'm saying? Oh, I don't mind, man. I love talking to people, different people, regardless, man. And I'm talking to some of my, uh, like, it's a lot of, uh, I got a lot of Hisp- Hispanic homeboys, and I can talk to them, man, sometimes, and I can tell that some of them guys are going through certain situations, but they don't want to get help for it. Man, Latin dudes, they got, I ain't going to call it soul, but they got spirit like us, right? Mm-hmm. But they pride is different, and it be killing me. Like, uh, it be killing me, man. Because mm-hmm. your Latin homies, they always, you know, they can they almost get it, but then the way they be going about it, you can see that, like, ego and that pride, and you be like, damn, bro, like, you so close. And I bet you, you know what I'm saying, like, that's the key. It's for us as men or in women, people, 
to just keep mm-hmm. relating and learning from each other, man. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I and man, 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 we don't want to. We don't. That, that's us, man. We stubborn as hell, bro. We don't want to do. We don't want to go to. Uh, we don't want to do counseling, man. I don't mind about doing that shit, man. It, it it don't bother me. I go in there and I I feel better talking to you. I'm I'm finna let it out, man, because I can't talk to my homeboys like I can talk to a counselor, man. Right. They gonna they gonna be like, man, your ass is crazy. I'm like, what the hell? but the homie Hector is the one that make you feel good about not going though. Yeah, you know, the homie making you feel real good, like, nah, fool, you got that. Like, you know what I'm saying? Talking yeah. you up. <laughs> and you, you know, know your homeboys be like, man, your ass is, man, you ain't nothing wrong with you, man. You just crazy. Like, bro, yeah. god damn. That's cold blooded, man. Like, how you know ain't nothing wrong with me, man? You assuming something is not wrong with me. Come on, bro. <laughs> it's like it's how, that, man. It's how we prop each other up, though. It's how we make each other feel good. You know yep. I mean, there's a real solution out there. I think it is in us um, seeking education, uh, uh, having more opportunities at healthcare, um, and and communicating it, uh, making it commonplace. Uh, I call it creating disciples. Um, you know what I mean? Like the more people that know more, the better we're all going to be. So I think that is going to happen in the future um, because, like Keita was saying. We grew up, our mamas, they told us everything on the low, right? Yeah. Yep. Getting on my last nerve, uh, 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 my nerves is bad. Like, they hinted at it, but they kept mm-hmm. it moving. And mm-hmm. these women were strong dealing with their mental health issues, uh, but it, it just wasn't the time. Uh, yeah. Because now we really do live in um, the time of mental health. It's just we see all the issues that come about from failing mental health. Kind of when I did the overview of the show, uh, we're quick to go to the gym and work on our bodies because you can see it. Mm -hmm. We're not as quick to go run to a therapist uh, or a counseling group (laughs) because it ain't ain't the same vanity uh, that comes from it. But that's the best investment that you can make for your overall health. Like I said, I just did a training on this not too long ago. Uh, all the physical ailments that come from anxiety. This will kill you. Man. Yes, it will. It definitely oh. manifests physically in like your headaches, backaches. You know, people start talking about chronic pain. I've had people stomach aches, rashes, <laughs> all the like, yeah. overhot and highs that I went to my doctor and you know, they you have to rule out substance abuse and, and medical issues. And so they'll go to their primary care doctor and they'll say, we did a medical checkup. I checked your blood work. This seems like anxiety. And then they'll say, what's going on in your life? Oh, I'm going through a divorce. Okay. Well, so you're probably dealing with anxiety. You're going through a custody battle. Okay. So that's anxiety. You need to talk to a counselor. So, yeah. It's, it's mm-hmm. But don't give it the wrong homie talking about, hey, bro, my chest hurt, bro. <laughs> <laughs> They like, man, ain't nothing wrong with you. Like, wrong God with you. damn, bro. Boy. <laughs> yeah, man. But hey, it's it's crazy, man. We we just gotta get that under control in our in our um uh, in our neighborhoods, man. Within us, man. That's one thing that we gotta do, man. Cause bro, I swear, man, it's so many guys that I grew up with, man. Um when I go back home, bro, 
mental health issues, man. And you can look at them and tell, man, like if they could have got help earlier, all of this could have been avoided, man. And and you can just see them, man. You can just see them going through it, man, out there talking to themselves and all this other stuff, man. Like, man, people be like, oh, man, he crazy. Like, nah, man, this man got a mental health issue that should have got, you know what I'm saying, should have got handled before it got to that point. You know what I'm saying? But right. a lot of people, man, then, you know, that's when people start turning to drugs. They start turning to uh, alcohol and and different things to try to cope with what's going on in their mind, bro. Yeah. Right. That's why intervention is key. It's mm-hmm. so key to, like you said, you had an awareness. And, and sometimes it's, it's people outside of ourselves that might that might notice that something is off. And so one of the, one of the best things we can do for people is just to check in on them and say like, are you okay? You know, I noticed you, you've been complaining about this lately or, you know, talking about that. And I've noticed a change in your behavior. Have you thought about talking to someone? Because a lot of people, especially in the black community are afraid to broach that subject because, Oh, we don't want, we don't want to get in their business. You know, it's the same thing people do with child abuse. Oh, I didn't want to get in their business. I knew something mm-hmm. was going on, but right. that's their business. No, it's it's your business too. <laughs> like, yeah, you make it your business if someone you love is struggling. That's and, that's and real. How can you? That's go? that's definitely real, right there, man. Because when you you can definitely tell, man, when something because you know if they used to doing this all the time, then all of a sudden it's just boom. They just ah. Stop doing it, man. They don't even want to deal with it no more. Like that's how I fit. That's how I knew my daughter was going through depression, man. Because my daughter, she's big as far as when not big like size, but she's big when it come down to softball, man. And then mm. all of a sudden, she just boom lost the love for it, man. And I was like, hold on, man, something ain't right. So I would talk to her all the time, be like. You should, What's going on, baby? Uh, it's like nothing. Everything is cool. I'm like, shit. Why you don't? Why you don't do your softball thing no more? So, uh, I just, I just don't want to do it no more. I was like, nah. Saying to myself, nah. Something going on. So I ended up. So I did myself. Ended up calling a counselor, and setting her up an appointment. And she went in, and um, she talked to the counselor, and. You know, I, that's how I ended up finding out that she was going through what she was going through, man. So she was trying to deal with stuff that was going on at school, man. It was some female was was um some female was bullying her about a dude, bro. So therefore, that's how I ended up figuring out, like, okay, yeah, you you done lost the love for softball, and I knew it had to be some underlining situation going on with that whole thing man so i was like damn so now she's good she's back with her little softball thing and she just got a full ride to uh georgia state so i'm good i'm glad yeah, man right. yeah bro props for being a great dad because, <laughs> because a lot of parents are like you know they're, they minimize their kids issues Oh, you you too young to know that, especially in the black community. You too mind mind you know mind your kid business, don't mind grown folks business. And you trying to grow up too fast. Talk about you have issues and you don't have any issues. Black parents can be very dismissive. Yes, issues and so, but you notice that there was a change in behavior. You're like, it's got to be something underlying here. And you talk to her and you got her some help. So 
props to you, man. Props to you for doing I def- that. I had to, man. That's my that's my baby girl, man. I can't let nothing happen to my <laughs> baby girl, man. So it it was it was crazy, man. I was like, dang, man, because I I've been there. I've been there. That's how I ended up knowing what the signs were. So because yeah. I've been in that whole in that same situation where she's been in, man. Not wanting to do anything. I'm talking about not issues just bad. Like, boom, I don't even feel like doing this. And it was something that I always was doing on a regular basis. So it was like, nah, something ain't going on. Something mentally, I ain't going to say mentally. I'm just saying something. Yeah, I will say mentally wasn't going right with me. So I was like, yeah, let me just go ahead on it. Boom, let me get this help, man, because I need it. Bro, it's a... I want to say two things. First thing, you was kind of talking about how no one checks in. Uh, there's never that, that that homie that's like, yo, how's your mental health today? That's because you that homie, homie. You know that, right? Mm-hmm. Mo, you, you, you check in. And uh, the second thing I was going to say is that it's just a new time in our culture. I got all these facts in front of me, uh, but it makes sense. Growing up, our parents didn't have those conversations with us, and that just wasn't the way, was it? No, it wasn't. That wasn't the way. But now, things have changed significantly um, in our country, in our culture. Um, and I thank Black women for this. Because of Black women, one out of four African Americans are college educated. Yes, indeed. That is Boy. how progressive uh, our women are, uh, how productive they are. Uh, and I think that's part of this change and this shift. Uh, now, these, these young people's mamas, they, they, they got an idea. They know a little something about this mental health thing. Mm-hmm. And that's going to change culture. That's going to change our, our fortunes in the future moving forward. Um, I just wanted to bring that point up uh, because don't we remember being younger and everything, you know, you had to pray on it or uh, uh, it, it was just going to be <laughs> this lack of control. Uh, and now, you know, we, we, we going to do something about it right now. I Definitely. Mean, man. That, that was a, that was a big thing, man. With my grandma, we're going to pray about it. You, all you need to do is pray about it. I'm like, man, I don't know. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Then they hit you with, yeah, he's not, he's always like, nah. Always on time. I need some help, man. I ain't trying to hear that. (laughs) Right. And not not also follow it up with prayer without works is dead. So so if we're going to be praying about things, then what kind of action are we going to take here? Because I don't think God just wants us to pray and say, yeah, but I'm not going to do anything to get better. I'm just going to keep praying. I'm not going to take any action. Exactly. Sure is, man. And I know with you being a mental health counselor, I know you see it a lot. People coming through there, man. And and do you ever get any juveniles, or or is or is it just like straight adults with you? Yeah, I have a few. I have a few juveniles right now. Okay. But I mostly cater towards individuals because it honestly just gets very complicated when you work with people who are underage and I've had people reach out during the pandemic but you get a lot of custody issues and and honestly one of the biggest things is 
you know, a mom will present and say that she wants her daughter or her son to have therapy, but she's separated from the dad, and the dad has to sign off on it legally. Mm. So if one parent disagrees, then great, the kid goes without therapy. Like, wow. And that, and that sucks, but it puts us as counselors in a bad position because maybe some of us are practicing unethically, but I don't. I need the consent of both parents, even oh, wow. if they're married. So if you're married, I still need dad to consent, even if mom calls me up. So it gets tricky. So they may have found someone else, you know, that's possible, who says, oh, yeah, I don't need dad to sign off. You know, you're you're married, it's Mm. fine. But you want to get both parents on board because mental health is, you know, we're processing things. Things are going to come up. I need to know that the parents are going to be reinforcing what I'm teaching in therapy because this is a skill set. This is a mental health is a learned skill set. And so... If the parents aren't reinforcing it and are saying, oh, why are you over there doing meditation or why are you why are you practicing deep breathing? I'm talking to you. Get to cleaning up. Well, then that's not going to work for me. <laughs> that's, that's not mm-hmm. the kind of therapy I practice. You need to be on board. So, so yeah, I, I do it case by case, basically. The parents okay. have to be on board. Nice, nice. That's what's up right there. That is what's up right there. Man, I appreciate y'all uh, taking the time out. I mean, this was a great conversation and I hope somebody is able to listen to this and maybe just relate and uh, lean into the future because black mental health is improving. It's changing and it's evolving. And I could absolutely see us being at the forefront or in, in the lead uh, as examples and models for health mental health uh the Mm -hmm. the healthy mind is a productive one and that's what i want for everyone including myself Uh, i think that we all fight our fights so we can live that life and realize our full potential yes sir that's that's true man that's definitely true man man a hundred definitely y'all uh y'all got some social medias you want to um Share for, for for the listeners so they can catch up with you. Yeah, mine's is uh I G U N C P H A M underscore three five seven. Snapchat is Trini Boy. That's T R I N I B O Y three five seven. And Twitter is P H A M I L Y three five seven underscore. That's all my my handles right there, man. He is he is all over the all over the internet. Okay, oh, no. <laughs> so I'm on <laughs> I'm I'm on IG at Marquita Myrick LPC. The LPC stands for Licensed Professional Counselor, and then I'm also on Facebook at Marquita Myrick LPC. If you were to type that in, and Brian, just thank you for the opportunity to come in on your space and talk about mental health. It's definitely been a good experience, and I hope that your listeners really get some gold nuggets from this because. I agree that mental health is changing and we are getting better as people and we are we are creating a ripple down effect for future generations and that's a positive thing. So thank you again for having me. Absolutely. I appreciate you so much for uh, joining the show. I'm not really a big fan of the internet, um, but if uh, anybody has access to Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Snapchat, SoundCloud, um, you know, any of those uh, social media networks, you can find me 
at Chubby Idris Elbow on all platforms, including TikTok. <laughs> and until next episode, peace. Peace.